Welcome to Spiritualistic Pod from Stockholm Spiritualistic Association. In this episode, we talk to the Scottish medium Gordon Smith, who is one of the best known mediums in the world, renowned for his ability to provide exact names, addresses, and events relevant to a person's life and the life of those they have known. The team in this episode is the usual Pralan Alsten and me, Mika Lek, but also my wife, Anna Linder. We give you Gordon Smith. has happened during these years with Covid and yes. now the war. How, how has things changed for you and how has it changed as um, you look at things? I think Covid was a big change for everybody, myself included. But I have to say that I, I felt my life changed for the better. Because for somebody who travels around the world, um, it was an amazing time to spend two years at home with my family. Mm. Um, so I think it taught me a lot about the values of the people that are in my life. And it meant so much to share real time with them. Mm. So from that point of view, I hope other people enjoyed the connectedness of family. And even our neighbours, where we had to go and help elderly neighbours, mm. there was a lovely sense of community began in the place I lived. And it's continued. Great. So we're now looking after elderly and infirm people. Oh. So I think it gave us an awareness that there was things that were really important in life. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it was terrible for anybody who had loss or illness or loss of job, loss of income. Many people suffered in many different ways. But once again, I think lessons are learned and the value of things. What's important? Mm-hmm. What's the most important? Money, people, mm-hmm. love. And I think it's different for a lot of people. But I think we have to take out of it what's right for us. As a result, for me, I've learned I don't need to travel so much. I enjoy the bits that I do. I'm only going to go places where I really feel I want to work. And I'm not going to run around crazy because I know that my life needs to be connected to my family now as much as I can and enjoy it. So that side was good. I think the war, again, is highlighting that people need to invest more in their spiritual life because the physical life at the moment is under threat. Um, Not just the war, there's global warming, there's starvation, there's food shortages, there's many different things that are affecting overpopulation, Mm -hmm. masses of things that are happening. Um, So I think people are being made aware that we need to look at the important things in our life while we're in this. And for people of my generation, we need to look at the things we're leaving behind us. Because I have two sons and a granddaughter. So it's made me much more aware of the things that I'm doing in my life. And I hope other people try and make a better job of what they're leaving behind. So I think think when bad things happen in the world, it makes us aware of the good things Mm -hmm. and to value them. 
Yeah, that's true. Mm. I, I have a friend that is involved in the Extinction, Extinction Rebellion, mm-hmm. and uh, he was questioning my spiritual search and uh, willingness and, uh, to help others. Mm. But I said, I think that's the most important thing yeah. if people are going to have a, yeah. a really strong sense for the environment and, and really fight for the yeah. environment in a deep sense of way. Yeah. Well, I think now, the sad thing when people talk about global warming and they're blaming it on cows and methane gas, and we only have to look at the temperatures going off in the Ukraine every day, what's that doing to the environment? The amount of heat that's caused by explosions, that's going up to hundreds of degrees Fahrenheit every day, that can't be good. So I really hope, again, in the future, lessons can be learned from this. Because it would appear that after the Second World War, where we thought we'd learned lessons from war, it's not that long ago, and yet look where we are already. So, in the scale of life, I suppose from the Spirit's point of view, I ask Spirit at times, where do you see this, what about this terrible war? But from a Spirit point of view, it's a tiny thing. Because you're talking something like the universe against a tiny small thing that's happening on a tiny small planet. So from their point of view, this planet has actually come through many, many things and has lived and has managed to save us and sustain us. People believe that they can save the planet. It's the planet that's saving us every time. So we need to respect it. Mm -hmm. And I hope more people actually start to look at the Mother Earth and think, what are we doing to her? Mm -hmm. We've got to stop it. And And again, I think pandemics and things shows that we can live with less and there's lessons to be learned. Do we need all these things? No, we don't. Mm, true. And do our children need the lesson that you have to have the best designer things and best cars? No, they don't. Mm. When there was lockdown, they, they made do with what they had at dis- their disposal. So I think that's an important lesson that we learn, is that we mustn't give in to materialism completely. Mm. We need to learn the important factors that part of the spiritual life is just about loving and, and, and appreciating what you have. It's almost like Confucianism, that if you respect your parents and the people in your household, you'll have a balanced household. And if every household in your street is the same, you'll have a balanced street. Mm-hmm. And if every street in your street in your neighbourhood is the same, your neighbourhood will be balanced. And all the way out through the area to the country, to the world. So we need to start respecting the things that are closest to us in order to change the things that are furthest away from us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you see things must have changed a lot since you started as a medium? Oh, yeah. Uh, especially in Sweden, I think uh, now yoga is every day and, and it's it's easy mm. to talk about spiritualism. Yeah. And how do you look at that? It must be... Well, I, I think um, the world I kind of live in, which touches many different countries around the world, has grown even more because of lockdown and learning to use the platform of Zoom. Mm. So for me, all of a sudden, my life has extended to all over the world, at least once or twice a week. But the luxury, I can sit in my pants and go on a Zoom (laughs) course and nobody sees beneath my chest. So, But that's the lovely thing. And I have two lovely dogs at my side with no pressure of travel. I can sit there and talk to people in Australia, South Africa, New Zealand. That side of it's nice because... It's opening up to Mm. even more people who wouldn't have normally had the chance to Mm. sit with different spiritual teachers. Mm. Um, 
I also believe that when the world's in a state, that's when people most look to spiritual practices. And things like yoga, tai chi would be the safest things to look at for the non-believer because that could be an element of gymnastics, mm. though they may feel something when they do it, but at least it's taking them in the first steps of the direction of spirituality because they might get one of these strange feelings when they're going through a motion of tai chi and mm. think, something happened to me. Mm. That might just be the first wave that changes their mind. I think more and more people will look towards spirituality. Um, I've always said mediumship comes to its best when the world's in trouble. And I think we're kind of going towards that at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, but the fact that there's mediums means there's hope. We're not there to tell them it's doom and gloom. We're there to tell them that there's good things the mm -hmm. other side of it. Mm -hmm. No matter how dark it comes, mm -hmm. there's always light. How do we reach out to people who are not open? I think by being there, mm. I think reaching out makes you kind of an evangelist. And I, 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 from my own experience, a lot of people don't trust that. Mm. It almost feels like a cult or, you know, one of these fringe religions that is extreme when we fight to get people. I think by being there, we've opened the door mm. and people will come in. I've always felt the attraction to real spiritual practice is always slow because a lot of the world is asleep. Mm. and they're living in what I would call the dream stream. Mm. And the dream stream is for people who wake up every morning and go through the same routine every day and they don't even know they're alive. Mm. They don't believe in anything because they don't not believe in anything. They don't think of themselves, the future, their children's futures. They're just carrying on every day as it is. But I think because of what's happening in the world, people have to wake up mm. and that's when they'll search. And they'll go to the door in the spiritual house that is closest to them, or that makes them feel safest. And if that door is Tai Chi, or if it's yoga, if it's spiritualism, whatever it is, they'll search for a door. It could be Buddhism, who knows? But if it takes them in a door that makes them a better version of who they are now, then that's a good start. Because there's more than one way to open a mind and for a mind to grow. And I, I just hope more people find the appropriate door. I think in Sweden it's the nature. It's so hard to be spiritual or religious in Sweden, but if you go out in the woods and in the nature, then I think people often get a, a special of, experience. Yeah. A lot of Swedes have the, the wood, yes. like uh, the church. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So many people go out and get, get, this, get to the lake and see the... Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, so, so they, yeah. they calm down. Yeah, well, I, I'm the same. I live in a beautiful part of the Scottish Highlands, mm. very like the north of Sweden, I would mm. suppose. <laughs> and we have many people come to where I live just to be there. Mm. And and what they don't understand is that being in nature is part of a spiritual process anyway, because you're connected to the natural elements. Mm. You're connected. You you are part of the land. You you're part. Or you can see the sea, and the sky is always there. So you've got land, sky, sky, and sea, and these elements together bring people to balance. Mm. So may, even if they don't know what they're doing, they're heading to a safe place, mm. a, a place that makes them feel calm, a place that makes them feel in tune. Mm. And if they're in tune with nature, then something will start to grow within them, something natural, which is the need to preserve this beautiful land. Sweden and the other beautiful places that we know attract people just to come and be peaceful. And I think the moment people start to see that, too many people have been brought up in cities and have never seen 
the ocean. They've never seen the mountains. They've never seen the lakes. And I think they see it on television or they have paintings, but they've never actually smelt the air or seen a carpet of bluebells in a, in a wood. And if you've seen that, you think, that's magic. Mm-hmm. And it costs nothing. Mm-hmm. And it's free for all of us to share and, and use. Once again, I go back to the lockdown with COVID. If you had the luxury of having dogs or young children that you had to take out, and you would walk through the woods or be in nature. For some people, that would be the first time they experienced the true essence of nature. And it can only be good for the mind. If more people would switch off their television and get outside, we would actually start to live in the world again and not live in a dream of the world. I've seen your lovely paintings. Oh, yeah. Is that something yes. that you've begun doing? <laughs> yeah. During COVID, or have you always painted? Or I've always drawn. I've I, I did art when I was younger, but like so many people during lockdown, I was able to read books that I'd forgotten to read. Uh, I even wrote books. I made card decks. I, and then I, I took up drawing, and then I thought I'll paint. And because I live in a beautiful part of Scotland, I just started painting it, and it came to life. And and a, a lovely friend of mine says, "You paint your soul." An artist paints their soul. And I thought, well, mine's is blue and yellow because I seem to paint these colours. But it it is. I live in a country where the grass is so golden and yellow and orange and beautiful. And because you're awake, you see that. Some people go through the countryside and just see green. Mm -hmm. But when you stop and look and breathe it in, you realise that's not green. That's not... Look, there's so many other colours here. And and I think I, I did start to paint for other people so that people who couldn't get out, I would give them a glimpse of the beautiful countryside that they could not get to mm-hmm. when they were in lockdown. So a lot of things like that I did. And I, and I, it just brought it back to life in me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, the first thing I did with the lockdown was I sat down and did meditations that I thought would be helpful to people. And I put them up on YouTube very quickly so that people could go and access it free of charge. Mm-hmm. And it was just things like how to stop your stress for a day. If you've woken up anxious this morning, sit down, relax, and let me take you on a little five-minute meditation. Mm-hmm. And I thought five minutes was enough for people who have never meditated. Mm-hmm. But the amount of comments we got from people saying, oh, my God, it saved my day. I woke up, I was frightened. I did things on fear. Don't be frightened today. Make this day a day where you accomplish a small thing. And just gave them positive things to, to work with. And again, I think all of these things that not just myself, many, many other mediums, healers, Yoga teachers, well, yoga just went through the roof. And I think quite rightly so, because people could sit in their own home and experience yoga. So I think we all combined did something. And who knows, that could be the first wave of a whole new generation of thinkers who think differently. I hope so. Mm-hmm. I really hope but, so. But when you paint, do you get a lot of help from the spirit world? Can you see, is there a blending or inspiration um, or...? In some in some cases, I've painted things and I've felt I'm in a timeless zone. And normally, if I feel that timeless space, mm. it feels connected to spirit. Mm. And other times, I know it's just me. <laughs> but okay. there are moments I have to work at the ones I do. But the other ones, I just feel flow. Yeah. And they have a, a special meaning. You know, I painted some angels once and they're not like anything I've ever painted. Mm. But they've given so many people so much help. And saying, oh my God, that angel just it touched me. Mm. So I believe things like that, maybe you draw down a higher energy. 
uh, or the spirit world touch your mind as you're painting so that there's an element of them in the art. So that it's not just a piece of art, it becomes an iconic thing to meditate on or mm. to bring peace to other people's minds. Mm. It's lovely, you in, in the art, you mm. managed it, you in the flow, and yeah. it's great. I, I, I feel that too sometimes, and it's an, the better, better, better thing cannot be. Mm. I, I, my life has changed because of it, because I can spend days painting. In those days, I don't ever feel a lost. Mm. Every part of it has been enriched by something has developed from it mm. that I can go and look at again and think, wow, mm. that wasn't there before, now it's there. Mm. And and that's a beautiful feeling that of creation, that you're creating something and you, you want it to be beautiful so that when people look upon it, they, they feel, wow, mm. that makes me feel happy or that makes me feel well. So it's all of that, and I think that is part of the spirit world around me that knows how to channel through me. And anything that I would do if it were writing, there are moments I lose myself in writing and then read it back and think, did I really write that? I'm not that clever <laughs> or poetic. But in actual fact, I think when you go into that higher part of you, you are more enlightened, you are more you know, connected to finer things in the universe. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. It's higher you, yeah. Yeah, <coughs> absolutely. But you spoke today, we just had a course today with Gordon, and you spoke about your philosophy of mediumship. Mm -hmm. And it really hit me how, I wouldn't say useful, but how we can be used for the world. Yeah. To, to raise the world. Yeah. And could you please say something more about that? Well, I think mediums have a big part to play in, it in, in the future because people are going to be looking for a spiritual mind. And no disrespect to any religion, but religions are losing favour with people. So ones where people would look for a priest or a minister or somebody... A lot of people are looking for people to see something in the future, to give them hope. You know, there's not a lot of hope being given to people at the moment. So mediums, and, and by their nature, have a trust because we know we cannot die. So that certainty that we have, that you can't die for the life of you, that your life force continues, people want that. Now, they might not understand it in the beginning and they might think this is fanciful and they're just saying that to make us feel better. Well, as a matter of fact, I am saying it to make people feel better because it does make people feel better. And I know the amount of people I've worked with who have said, yes, but how do you know it? And I'll say, because I know it, I trust it. It's, I've had tens of thousands of experiences that have given me evidence and other people. And the fact that I've lost all fear of death is testament to what I do. I have no fear of dying. And my word to everybody is if you lose your fear of dying, it makes sense. You lose your fear of living. And then you can go on with the business of living in a really positive way. And that's what I intend to do as a medium and as a human being. Enjoy every bit of this life because I know, yeah, I'll be out of it at some point, but wow, how fabulous that will be as well. 
So death is no holdover mediums. And I think when we are brave enough to stand up and tell people that publicly or any other way we can through the media, it will attract people who are afraid. Mm. Our job is to help the people who are frightened. Our job is to take fear away from the minds of people. It always has been. And, and that's one of the things that I will continue to keep telling people. Mm. And hopefully it's a propaganda thing in the sense that it will draw people towards a spiritual way mm. rather than a stagnant pond which is still and full of fear and mm. pulling them under. Yeah. I said it today that we are emotional lifeguards while we're in the world. And our job is to take people out of the emotional waters, not go in with them. Yeah. We must stand on the side and pull people out yeah. and, and show them, look, there's more to life than this. Right. And there's a lot more to life than what we know. And also pull them out of the materialistic clinging. Well, I think it goes even beyond materialistic. I think it goes to the heavy depth of their emotions. Yeah. So when people become really scared, it brings out the worst in them. Yeah. Through fear would come things like anger, jealousy even lust and greed and all that will come. All the worst parts of human nature come from fear. Yeah. And a lot of people don't even know that they're like it. But what they do know is they're becoming clingy to other people through being neurotic. So people become so precious. Oh, don't leave me. Don't let me, don't let me be on my own and all of this. And this is what's starting to happen. And people are fearing death more. Because every day on the television there was a number saying so many have died. So death is in their mind. So they're looking for something that combats death. And the only anti-death is the afterlife. Mm -hmm. And the people who hold the key to that are the mediums. The people who stand with the door open saying, here you are. There's a life to come. Don't worry so much. Don't fear so much. So we can help people with fear. And that in its nature would, would actually help to lift the minds of people. So if you look at somebody like the, the gentleman out in Russia who is at the moment creating a bit of havoc in the Ukraine, and you look at that and think, where is that coming from in a human mind? Mm. That can only come from fear. How much land does a country need? Mm. The biggest country in the world, how much more to get it? It can't even run the country it's got. How can you take more? What are you going to do with it? Mm. So there's no sense there. So that's coming from a point of fear. Mm. But it's unrealised fear. So it's fear behaving badly, and fear does behave badly. And, and again, hopefully in the future, we learn that we cannot allow individuals who are afraid to run big countries. That can't be allowed, because it's the scared people, the people who are frightened, who keep trying to protect themselves. Only people who are afraid look for protection. The people who, don't, who have the truth have no need for protection. Protection from what? The protection comes from your lower self, nothing else. So we protect ourselves from the heavier, dense part of the human mind. There's your demons, that's your diabolical things. It's in you, if you allow it. You don't need to allow it, but it is in each person who has the potential to go down deeper than depression, deeper than that. We, on the other hand, hopefully stand on the middle ground, saying it's okay to come up here. It's absolutely, and I don't mean that we have the high moral ground, I don't mean that. I'm meaning that we've seen something and we offer that to people to say, look, guys, there's an alternative to fear and it's actually love. Mm -hmm. It's having love for your family, love for the friends, love for the place you live in, love for the world we live on. Mm -hmm. and, and it's just 
trying to re-educate people what's important. And I think Mother Nature's doing quite a good job of it herself at the moment. I think she's showing us there's, there's a heck of a lot of you on me at the moment. And you're in many ways taking too much from me. And as a result, some of you are getting and some of you are not. I think it's scandalous that we live in a world where you've got people who are so rich we can't even put a number on what they've got and there's people so poor that they can't even feed a child. That's a disgrace that we live in a world like that. That's an absolute disgrace. Yeah, yeah true. Yes. But, but press and advertising, and stuff, they, they use yeah, to frighten uh, people very much, I think. I must say that during this whole episode of the pandemic and now the war, I think journalists have been the lowest form of human being I've ever come across. Mm. And I feel every day in every household, they went there knowing what they were doing. Mm. People are dying. You can't go out. They made it mm. sound grimmer than it actually was. They made it sound hopeless. Mm. They had this terrible voice of doom and gloom. Who does that? And the way it's reported on the news... <laughs> There's no hope. I could never understand the counter thing where it said today 2,000 people have died in the UK. Mm. Where it never said 55 million people live mm. today in the UK. Mm. Now, if you're going to do statistics, you have to show the top figure as well as the bottom. Mm. So you have to show it. But that's the, the use of the media to gain attention, to get what they want. And again, I think journalists by their very nature are quite disgusting mm. and I really hope people switch the news off we have enough access to news on our cell phones and computers and you have the choice then to read it or not read it but to have it echoing in your your house switch it off yeah. that's the alternative and that way they have no place they have no voice mm. get rid of their voice and then they can't do as much damage mm. I think about uh, Hans and Shelley and uh, the last billion on yeah, we had this uh, terrorist thing in Stockholm yeah. a couple of years ago, a crazy girl who drove yeah. a truck yeah, in but, the street to kill people. Yeah, thank you. But, but they, I was in this town and it was rumors, everything. There was men with guns in this end of this town. There was men with guns. Yeah. There were panic yeah. and everyone driving up the yeah. fear. Well, of course, then the terrorist wins mm. the moment fear becomes you know, the cancer of the city. Yeah. Because the minute that's what they've done, they've, they provoke terror. Mm. And therefore, people become paranoid. Yeah. And it then becomes full of conspiracy theories. Mm. Oh, they're, they're, they're doing it for this reason. That reason. Now, again, once again, if you stop allowing the, the bigger media mm. uh, people, and, and, and again, I'd have to go online here for some of these big conspiracists, stay away from them. Unless it can change your life for the good, why put all that negativity mm. into your life or your family's life? You have the responsibility for what you allow into your home. Mm. Would you let a terrorist walk into your home? No, you wouldn't if you knew it. Mm. Then don't let the sound of one into your home through the television. Mm. Don't. You have the right to switch it off and don't listen. You really do. And it's one thing to be aware of things, but to be made aware of everything that's dreadful... Mm. It's just damning to people. It's, it's, as I say, it's appalling. Yeah. And, and it does start at that level of journalism, sadly. 
our news has just become the bad news. That's what I used to call it. In the UK, we've got news at 10, the main news at 10 o'clock at night. And I just called it bad news at 10. And I switched it off because I felt it did absolutely no good. The same newsreel ran the whole day. So you were hearing the same story from morning to night. Nothing had changed. And you thought, couldn't you put something nice in there just to say, actually, yeah. you know, two children just won an award for something or, you know, mm. somebody saved something today. Mm. But no, they are, they are hell-bent on making the worst picture. Of course, bad news sells mm. I mean, and, and lies sell. Mm. And somebody once said, what is it? Um, a lie can go round the world three times before the truth has got out of its bed. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and and that tells me something. Yeah. Yeah, we're all positive. I mean, yeah. shall we round things up yeah. with something positive? Absolutely, I think so. So, thank you so much, Gordon. Well, do you know what? It's been my pleasure. And what I love about this is being able to come out, travel, feel that I'm with people who are of the same mind and who can bring a little bit of light to people's lives. And even if we only touch one soul each, we've changed the world already. Mm -hmm. So keep shining it, keep changing the world. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank Pleasure. you very much. Bless you guys, thank you. Yeah.